know, again, in kids, when you're talking about three, four, five, seven-year-olds, you can't just say, oh, they need digestive enzymes, they need these probiotics, they need this. It's like, how do you know? Some kids don't need a digestive enzyme. Well, everybody knows that kids on the spectrum need that. Well, no, that's not true. There's no rule book for our kids. And because we're trying to get our children to be taking so many things, I don't want one needless thing going in or one cost. You know, some of these, these, these digestive enzymes or probiotics are very expensive. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Holistic Navigator podcast where we believe in the body's capacity for self-healing if it's given the proper nutrients and care it deserves. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Brian Strickland. I'm the producer of the show and here with me in the studio as always is your host Ed Jones. Today we have a truly special guest, someone Ed has been wanting on the podcast for quite some time, Dr. Jerry Cartsonell. Dr. Cartsonell is a board-certified pediatrician and a fellow in the American Academy of Pediatrics who specializes in treating children who are on the autism spectrum. He practices a type of integrative medicine that combines supplements, diet modification, and prescription medication if necessary. He's a great guy and we couldn't be more happy to have him on the show. And today we're talking about gut health challenges in kids, nutritional approaches for autistic children, and even some natural solutions to restore sleep in kids as well. This is an absolute packed episode, so let's go ahead and get straight into it. Here is your host, Mr. Ed Jones. Thank you so much, Brian. And, you know, I've said it many times on the Holistic Navigator that, you know, I'm very excited about uh, the guests coming on because about half of my podcast are me personally. And then the other half are people that I find uh, very special or gifted in certain areas that can help us to achieve goals in health that you may not be able to access through conventional knowledge. Well, today... I have a grand opportunity. I'm absolutely been probably looking forward to this podcast more in the past few weeks than any that I have had in 94 podcast. And the one reason is is because the need is so deep and severe regarding autistic children. And there was a gentleman that I have just I can't really forget him because I met uh, Dr. Cardsonell. I'd guess it was five years, six years ago. He had come to my local town and actually gave a lecture on autism to a pretty good large group here because people are hungry for this information. He also did, a, I think, an online lecture for us, too. And so I'm not going to waste any time. Dr. Cardsonell Uh, I want to say before I introduce him, uh, is a board-certified pediatrician and a fellow in the American Academy of Pediatrics. He does specialize in the treatment and management of autism, anxiety, neurodevelopment disorders, chronic neuroinflammatory diseases, and hormone dysfunctions in children. And after receiving his medical degree in St. Louis University School of Medicine, he completed his residency in pediatric medicine in the Air Force, And he has uh, practiced general pediatrics in private practice for many years until his fourth son, Joshua, was diagnosed with autism. 
Well, Dr. Carsonell, I've seen him on many talk shows uh, down over the years. He's written uh, several wonderful, informative books that have been a lifesaver for parents who could access this. And so, uh, Dr. Carsonell, welcome to The Holistic Navigator. Thank you so very much for having me on. It's good to be back with you and talking about something I have quite a passion for. And maybe some of the parents out there, too, will be uh, quite passionate in about recovering their children. I love that. Recovering your children. Because what we're being told when you go conventional medicine route is kind of a standard textbook agenda that is not really delving into the altered chemistry of a child or an adult with autism. And really and truly, I, I like the word functional medicine, but also integrative medicine is what you focus on. And and what that to me, I would certainly you can explain better, but you're actually looking into the chemistry of an individual and in many multiple ways using nutrition, nourishment, occasionally having to use drugs. You're not just completely one sided in order to uh, help the child, which then helps the parent, helps the sleep, helps the, the you know, the mood issues, uh, the constipation, all of the things that come with some devastation sometimes with parents that just cannot find any answers for some of their conditions with autism with their children. So I want to focus on two topics, if we can, Dr. Cardsonell. I know the importance of gut health. Uh, uh, you know, many people know, in, in fact, listening to my podcast, The Holistic Navigator, we focus on the issue of how the gut is not a piece of plumbing. It is an organ that produces tons of different substances from brain chemicals to immune dysfunction to things that alter the brain that we have to address for everyone, but especially autistic children. But I want to get into real quickly, and I remember still you talking five to six or seven years ago that the importance of regularity in autistic children. And I know that there's a time and place to use a drug. The drug is Miralax. I'm not a huge fan of it unless it's absolutely necessary. And if it is, it is. But I'd like for you to maybe give an opinion on when when a parent is dealing with this uh, slow movement, uh, constipation, what are some of the options they can do initially to help that situation so at least they can say that they've tried everything possible? And if they do have to use Miralax, perhaps they can use less of it. That's, that's good. You know, I always start at the core and the core being the gut. And that seems to be impacting our children probably 90%, if not 100 uh, these children that I see in my clinic have either constipation issues or diarrhea issues or both. You know, you can have diarrhea basically overflowing the constipation. So sometimes parents will say they have constipation, but it's, you know, that's exactly what it is. But then I'll have them say it's diarrhea and I'll say, really? And I'll take a x-ray of their gut and it's impacted with stool. So it's kind of overflowing. But you're absolutely right. Hey, the first thing I do uh, is I remove all gluten and dairy. That really benefits 60, 70, 80% of the children uh, just by removing gluten and dairy. They can be constipating in these children and uh, that will impact their sleep. Uh, things that grow in impacted stools, you know, if you don't, and I know you probably hit on this a million times, if you don't flush out the sewer system, bacteria, yeast, viruses, mold, 
can grow in there. It's 98.6 degrees. It's a dark, moist, wet environment. And, uh, you know, a lot of our children only eat two, three, four, five things. I mean, my son Josh was only eating bacon, fruit loops, French fries, chips, ahoy, cookies, which are chocolate chip cookies, and a gallon of milk every day. And that milk was constipating him. He was nutritionally depleted. I mean, what kind of vitamins and minerals are you going to get out of chocolate chip cookies or French fries, for goodness sake? So these kids come nutritionally deple- depleted and backed up. You you mentioned Miralax a lot. The, the only reason I use that is because it's colorless, odorless, and tasteless. So for my kids who only eat four things and they, they won't take magnesium citrate or they won't take... Um, some of the other things that we can use that are more natural, then, then I do resort to that. But first, clean up the diet, gluten-free, dairy-free. Uh, some folks would even go as far as going to soy-free and corn-free if you can't be tested. And that in itself will, might, might be uh, helpful. Then you have to get rid of the, the, the plug. And I'll use glycerin suppositories for the younger children. Obviously, you're not going to do that to a 7, 10, or 14-year-old, depending on when you start. So I like the glycerin suppository. Uh, My go-to, everything that I use, I consider a drug. Everything I do. I mean, even vitamin D. There's no such thing as vitamin D berries. I mean, it is Mm -hmm. a drug. And I am going to impact drug levels. I can measure their vitamin D levels in the body. So I think of vitamin C as a medication. When I'm using it at six, seven, eight thousand milligrams a day to move the bowels in some children, I'm using it as a drug, but it's going to be very, very safe as opposed to things that have a prescription by by them. So I, I'll use anything and everything uh, to help them move their bowels. But like you said, let's work on the bowels. First thing I do is I put them on a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, and I may or may not get an x-ray if I don't have a good picture of what's going inside their belly. If it's bloated, if it's gassy, uh, the next thing I'll do is I will get some stool studies and see if I've got overgrowth of yeast or what we call dysbiotic bacteria, bacteria that shouldn't be there or it should be there, but it's growing as a predominant organism and it should be a minor organism. And there are things that that can grow in us that can back us up. There are foods that can back us up. Um, This idea, if they go to the the gastroenterologist and the gastroenterologist says, well, you know, with autism, he's willfully withholding his stool because he's got autism and that's ABA. I mean, what, what animal on God's earth willfully withholds its stool? That's a bunch of rubbish. So anyway, that's, that's kind of my approach there. When you say, well, what are the natural things that we can do if we have to reach into our, our tool chest to help move their bowels and they're willing to take things? I really like magnesium citrate. Uh, magnesium is very calming and the magnesium citrate really does help move the bowels. So I can usually get uh, some very good effects with that. I might combine that with prune juice. I might, uh, but the prune juice is interesting. Again, we're working with kids on the autism spectrum. They don't want to see brown in their water or in their rice milk. And that's a big turnoff, just like they don't want to see green like vegetables. So I'll use, I'll use um, prune juice if I can get away with that. I'll use uh, ground flax if I can get that into the children. It's just a matter of tailoring what I can get into that particular child that they'll accept. Interesting. Yes. What, what a good uh, 
offering to parents. Now, things like magnesium, and I'm not speaking for you, would be something they would would not just wait till constipation to do. It would be something they would do ongoing because, as we know, and I've actually done a podcast on this, that magnesium has 300-plus functions in the human body. So it's not, you know, constipation is one of the 300, and it has a lot to do with mental function. So that would be a, a product you would like and I know in powders, it's much easier. And some of them taste really good these days. So that would be something you would keep them on? Well, I can. But but keep in mind, different magnesiums do different things. So if I'm working in the brain, I'm going to use magnesium bisglycinate or magnesium L-threonate. If I'm using, if I'm going to go work in the bowels, I'm going to use something like magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate or an oxygenated form of magnesium. Um, but those are going to stay primarily in the bowels. That's why when I give magnesium bisglycinate, say I want to calm the brain, um, I'm not having complaints of diarrhea. It's, it's not stimulating the bowels. It's not causing uh, a movement. So uh, there are different magnesiums for different purposes, but you're absolutely right. Any magnesium that does get into the system, um, and a lot of our kids, as you probably noticed with adults, are magnesium deficient. So they all go on magnesium of one form or another in my clinic. Yeah, that's interesting. I love magnesium three and eight for its ability to cross supposedly cross the the blood brain barrier. And uh, personally, I do use a mixture of magnesium so that I can get the different benefits. Uh, so you know, and again, I know the sensation thing with food is such a hurdle for so many parents. And it is, you've made it very clear, you know, you just have to do what you can do. And, you know, at the end of everything, if, like you said, Miralax, not a perfect solution, but because it's colorless, tasteless, and clear, it is, there's nothing else in nature that actually does that. But you've given some good options as far as, you know, attempting to do the other parts. And I am totally on board with you with reducing or eliminating the dairy and the gluten. I know it's a tough, tough pill to swallow for people. But, you know, we're in a world today that you have so many more available options than than you and I did 15 years ago or even maybe 10, where it, the foods never tasted that great and you didn't have that many options. Today, I mean, you go anywhere and you have options of gluten-free. Uh, what stool test do you like? Uh, I'm doing one called Longevity that I just did myself again. Uh, it, what, is there a brand that you prefer? Well, you know, it depends on kind of what you get used to and what you're looking for. And of course, cost always has to be uh, in factored into it. And and our kids don't give you a placebo effect. So what you see is what you get. I tend to use uh, doctor's data, comprehensive stool, and parasitology. And I pair that with uh, the Great Plains uh, urine organic acid test with the mycotox panel. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking for uh, predominant organisms that are growing that we call beneficial that uh, parents would think of as, oh, the probiotics, you know, the lactobacillus, for example. And as you know, one strain of lactobacillus may work great for one of your clients and uh, another strain works better for another client, but they don't work the same on everybody. So I can follow what I'm doing with these tests for the beneficial. Then you get into the imbalances. Um, and again, the, the stool study will tell me if there's imbalances, heavy growth of one bacteria over another. And then, of course, it will tell me if there are pathogenic bacteria growing in the bowels, along with digestive markers looking at malabsorption, maldigestion, 
So I know if I need to add a digestive enzyme, you know, again, in kids, when you're talking about three, four, five, seven-year-olds, you can't just say, oh, they need digestive enzymes, they need these probiotics, they need this. It's like, how do you know? Some kids don't need a digestive enzyme. Well, everybody knows that kids on the spectrum need that. Well, no, that's not true. There's no rule book for our kids. And because we're trying to get our children to be taking so many things, I don't want one needless thing going in or one cost. You know, some of these these, these digestive enzymes or probiotics are very expensive. If you don't need it, you're just going to be pooping money down the drain and a lot of effort getting your child to take it. Uh, I can look at inflammatory markers in the bowels uh, to see if they've got markers for chronic inflammation or actually inflammatory bowel disease like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or even this uh, new entity called uh, autistic enterocolitis. I don't know if that's going to actually stick or not as a name. Uh, so I can look at those things. And of course, if there's blood, or white blood cells, pus in the in the bowels as well. A lot of our kids are bleeding microscopically in their stools. They're just telling us they've got a, a sick gut. The urine organic acid test will complement that by telling me about yeast markers, which I'll get in the stool, but I'm also going to get complemented with the organic acid test. If there are parasites, uh, you're not going to see that in the urine. You're going to see that in the stool, but you will see markers for mold in the urine. And then you'll see markers for clostridia organisms. Clostridia organisms, uh, they are toxin formers. They can cause a lot of problems, but they don't grow in the air. So as soon as you get a bowel movement outside of your body, the air kills it. So it's not going to be reported on very easily by the, the stool, but the urine will pick that up too. So in other words, I'm trying to look, um, like you like to use the word holistic, but I like to look at the whole microflora, the, the bowel flora, that we know of in 2020, 2021, what's there and healthy and what's not. And then I can decide um, what I like about the doctor's data too, is it will tell me natural things I can kill the critters with that I'm finding, whether it be uva ursi or silver, um, that's really helpful. Or if I have to reach into my tool chest, uh, which antibiotics I might have to pick or antifungals, which I might have to pick. I love your clarity because your experience, this stuff's not taught in school and so much. And I read part of your website that you are about clinical outcomes for patients, not about just balancing numbers or looking at papers. And that is what wisdom is. It's not knowledge, it's wisdom backed with knowledge. And I've always loved doctor's data and the organic acid test by Great Plains. There's nothing like it out there. And the thing is, don't ex people listening, don't expect you to go to your pediatrician and get this because they wouldn't even not they would not know how to actually interpret it if they were willing to do it in most cases. And I want to say now early on that uh, I think you can tell how much I view Dr. Carsonell as a hero in this world. And he does offer telemedicine. And that's one of the gifts of COVID. And I'm trying to complete a list of personal gifts that I have been granted through this hard times of COVID. This is one of many of those and so people right now listening who's like, I'm lost. I don't have a healthcare practitioner who, who, who knows any of this. You can contact Dr. Carsonell and he'll give you the information at the end of his website and such. So uh, thank you for that. And so, and again, I want to say it very lastly, mold and yeast is devastating to the human 
chemistry and to ailments and to disease. And again, it's not readily accepted by conventional, but we have to know that about these issues and how to control them. Or the you the patient won't generally get better. They could probably get worse. So I think we've covered that pretty dang well. What you know, my frustration sometimes, Dr. Carsonell. And even though, and I don't, you know, I play the game very carefully. I'm not crossing the line of treating uh, patients, uh, even though I do a lot of talking and I have for 42 years and people do want to hear my opinions on things. But uh, let's just use the classic example. If you were standing next to me at, uh, and we were talking to a, a, a parent who had a, a two-year-old and, you know, pulling their hair out with the, so many frustrations with their autistic child and... They're not looking to be fixed at this point. They're wanting to empower themselves uh, while they're on the journey of finding someone like you. And they want to know what is a basic nutrition plan. And you've talked a little bit about the diet, uh, eliminating the, the gluten and the dairy. But what supplementary, if they're not able yet to do this testing, could you, is there a general consensus in your mind that every single autistic child probably needs blank well, when you're talking about um, children, you, the problem with with that is, and you have to look at the weight, and I dose things per weight, but you used an example, a two-year-old. So a two-year-old, I'm going to put on uh, 1,000 IUs of vitamin D3 every day. They're all, they're all bad, okay? They're all low. They're not sitting outside in the sun, or something's disconnected. In other words, even though they're getting sunshine, whatever metabolic processes are involved, in making vitamin D, they don't. So I love them to be on vitamin D. But none of the parents are going to thank me or you saying, oh, I heard your radio show. I put my child on vitamin D and they're a different kid. That's going to work behind the scenes, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, you have two-year-olds who will eat everything and two-year-olds who have a very self-limited diet. So therefore, those kids who eat everything from produce and fruits and vegetables and they're eating protein and stuff, they don't have to worry as much as the kid who just eats french fries or lollipops, candy, and uh, the sugary drinks all the time. So I have different different ideas. But if you said, look, in general, what would you say? They all need um, omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, we can either use the, the uh, fish oils at, from reputable brands like Nordic Naturals, Carlson's. We have our own brand here at the office. Uh, but they all need uh, omega oils. And I'd start the two-year-old on 2.5 mLs twice daily of a high-quality uh, omega oil, very good for the brain, very good for skin, hair, nails, but mainly I'm using it for brain function. Vitamin, um, if we're going to take them off of their sources of calcium uh, because of we're taking the dairy out of their diet, then I do put them on a, a calcium supplement as well. And then if they need a multivitamin, I will put them on a multivitamin and not not something that's a chewable or a gummy. They just are not um, designed to be very absorbable or have amounts that are clinically relevant for these kids. I mean, they say, oh, it has all the vitamins. Yeah, well, how much? And how much of it is a good quality that will get absorbed? By the way, where was it made? You know, is this coming from China or is this made in the USA in a, uh, in a, in a laboratory or a situation where it's at the highest quality? So we have to look for the highest quality supplements. I like them on vitamins, multiminerals. If I'm not getting any testing and the kid, child has been on a lot of antibiotics for recurrent ear infections, sinus infections, lung infections, I've had kids who come in with two dozen antibiotics and nobody knows 
hasn't even done a workup to find out why they keep getting ear infections or whatever, I put them on a good probiotic because I know they're going to have some problems. So a good probiotic, a multivitamin, omega oil, vitamin D, some source of calcium. And then where I go with my supplements is I tailor it. Are they having problems sleeping? Are they having problems moving their bowels? Are they hyperactive all day? Because not all the kids are hyperactive. And then I then start saying, okay, I'm going to use these supplements to do this, this, and this. And like you said earlier, I'm a clinical doctor. I'm not treating numbers. The labs, they kind of like, they, they kind of tell me where in the pond I'm more likely to catch a fish. But they don't necessarily tell me I'm going to catch a fish in that area, but more likely. If, if the lab, for example, shows me I've got a lot of yeast and I, I put them on a protocol that kills yeast, does the child calm down? Is the child more focused? Does the child have better eye contact? Is the child sleeping through the night? Is the child have less self-injurious behaviors, aggressive behaviors, um, and on it goes. So I, I target then and I bring it, bring it down to bite-sized amounts. What I'm particularly giving, this is working for language. And that might be B12 and that might be dimethylglycine, DMG or trimethylglycine, folinic acid. Um, and then I tailor it for the kid and then I say, okay, let's do this and let's see if we get some results from whatever we're trying to do. My child's sleeping through the night. He's having normal bowel movements. She's having great eye contact. She said her first words or she's making more sounds or the echolalia is gone. And on it goes. It's pretty complicated. It is complicated, yet luckily we have people like yourself and other practiced people who can help others journey through this. And, uh, of course, you, you mentioned this before, you know, cost is a factor because you could spend unlimited amount of money with these testings and these supplements and, 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 but there is a place that you can do this on a, you know, common sense basis. Uh, so I want to, again, encourage people, if you don't have someone you can help go down this path. Uh, Dr. Carsonell can do telemedicine, which I know of several, a couple people here locally, and you know Debbie, I'm not going to mention her last name. She, she yeah. I think she has a statue of you in her house that she <laughs> waves at every morning because you have been so helpful to her grandson to a point that, of course, no one else could even come close to. And your advice is extremely sound. And, you know, people who are really only schooled in traditional poo-poo all of anything that didn't came out of their textbook. But that's, you know, so be it. Uh, we we just know that that's the way the game is played. Uh, I guess the and that's what a wonderful, concise plan of action for people to get started on. And that doesn't mean that's the end of the road. It means that you get started, then you keep tweaking, you keep learning, you keep investigating, and then you work toward a better toolbox and you manage these symptoms with more toxic freeways. But that's not even symptom management sometimes. It's actually getting to the root of the issue. And I use the analogy of an orchestra. If you had an orchestra and there was 500 instruments and musicians playing in it, and it was very out of tune, you can't expect to go in and, and, and replace one musician and have beautiful music. You're going to have to look at multiple parts of this orchestra. And that's what you're doing as you, Dr. Carsonell, with integrative medicine. Uh, lastly, on the sleep issue, is there any magic uh, bullets or bullet points, not magic, that you would want to share? with the parents who are having those sleep issues with their children? Well, the sleep issues, like you said, you have to drill down and get to the root cause defect. And unfortunately, that could be many different things, uh, from anxiety to constipation, bowel pain, 
uh, nutritional depletion, melatonin, uh, lack of production of the melatonin. So a lot of things. I work with the core first. I can't tell you how many times I put them on a gluten-free, dairy-free diet and get normal stools twice a day, soft stools, and the child sleeps much better. But when you talk about sleep, there there's several things that can go wrong. A, initiation of sleep. I have kids who cannot from being awake to sleep. They just, as they get closer to bedtime to sleep, um, they go crazy. And so that's one issue. Or I have kids who go to sleep fine, but they wake up four hours later, totally recharged, and they're up for the next 20 hours. Uh, then I have the kids who are bopping up and down all night long. They're, they're sleep for two or three hours awake, sleep for two, three hours awake. and sleep. So there's different sleep patterns that we have to identify and we're going to do about it. But if you said, kind of like you said, what in general, what would you do? Assure that they're gluten-free, dairy-free. I think everybody gets that now. Uh, assure they're moving their bowels well, and maybe they need a glycerin suppository every day to to goose the system to, to move their bowels, plus a little bit of magnesium citrate or, or whatever. And then um, from a, a, the mid-1990s, they actually did, when they were looking at this, they did a study on children and adults on the autism spectrum and found out that they don't make enough melatonin. And so I would put these kids on melatonin. Look, I'm, I'm, if you're low on thyroid, we give you thyroid. My son is a insulin dependent diabetic. I'm going to give him insulin. If you're low on melatonin, Hey, I'm going to give you melatonin, not a prescription, just regular melatonin and five uh, hydroxy tryptophan uh, works to keep them asleep. But then I also look at, well, how are you putting your kid to sleep? Oh, we, we, we nurse him to sleep. Three hours later, where was he last? On the breast? Yeah. We got to nurse him again. And then we got to nurse him again. And all of a sudden, we've got the kid who is nursing or food dependent or drinking water or being rocked or whatever. So call it sleep hygiene. We've got to clean up the, the sleeping mechanisms that are involved and keeping you. So sleep is pretty, pretty, everything I do here is complicated, but sleep can be very complicated, but it can be unraveled. And, um, and I'll tell you, my wife even said, um, I just need eight hours of unadulterated sleep and I can put up with whatever during the, the night. Now, like you said, 20, 30 years ago, this is all new, even to me as a pediatrician. Um, she even asked, what's Michael Jackson's doctor doing? So yeah, I said, well, he has a sudden opening. No, I'm not going to give our kid propofol to sleep every night. But sleep is sleep can elude us, and it can be very um, devastating for the family, for the siblings, for mom, for dad, and um, can create. I, I've had some parents say, you know, I love my kid very much, but not so much at two in the morning. And uh, for those of you who are up at two in the morning with your child, you know exactly what she was saying. Yeah, that's a, a, a basket full of great information. And you are right. You, you know, we manage sleep. We don't, like, fix it. And in order to do the management part, I believe one is we need to lean strongly toward uh, less toxic ingredients, like not doing the drugs. And secondly, is look at the chemistry of, of how the human body is designed. And you eloquently explain the melatonin uh, issue because, again, uh, you know, the, we're in an episode right now. Of course, many people don't sleep. And I, I did a podcast uh, just myself on sleep because I am a chronic insomniac. So I have a pretty good toolbox. And I do believe that we have to get we lose the rhythm of sleep through multiple ways. And part of it, we can help we can do that to our children by the wrong 
processes that we use at night that literally keeps them from wanting to sleep on their own. And so being a detective and having someone who can help uh, look into these darker places and help you to manage with wisdom and common sense is so important. And I am a big fan of melatonin for anti-aging purposes, certainly for immune balancing, which we're going through right now. A lot of my, my podcast with... Uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Smith from Life Extension, we talked about using the melatonin to keep the lungs from overreacting. And it just has so many positives. It does have some negatives if you do too much. I mean, I've, I can be slightly depressed with too much. I can have a sore neck and weird dreams. But, you know, they're not devastating. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the devil is in the details. And again, having someone like you or a practiced uh, person to help manage some of the, the dosing of it is very important. Uh, tell people, so someone's listening now and they have an autistic child, what would they want or be able to do to, to set up an appointment with you? Oh, the easiest is just to email us or go to my website. And the website's really easy. It's drjerryk.com, D-R-J-E-R-R-Y-K.com. Uh, or you can just email us at frontdesk at drjerryk.com, frontdesk at drjerryk.com. And uh, we'll we'll tell you exactly what's involved, how to do it, and uh, we have it pretty pretty well streamlined. You know, we've been doing this for well, pediatric and autism for over twenty years now. General Pete's for over thirty, so kind of like you have been in the in this field for a long time. You know, doctors nowadays uh, that are being newly mentored, uh, they look at autism is a, a an alternative normal development. Okay. All normal is the word they use. Well, that's normal. Uh, a lot of kids have. When I was in, in medical school, the number of autistic children was between one to four in 10,000 children. And this year, in 2020, of all the males born this year, one in 32 of them will have a diagnosis of autism in the next couple, three years. So something's really changed from one in 10,000 to uh, one in 32 males. Oh, that's a big, big difference. And I can tell you, because I get all the pediatric literature, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. My pediatric um, magazines and, and all, nothing's talking about the, the rate of autism. There are no alarms being set off on this. There's no studies coming out. That's why when your parents look on what to do with autism, they're not seeing stuff from UCLA or uh, Syracuse or Florida, you know, Nothing is being done. And and you and I would say 20 years ago, hey, well, in 20 years, we ought to have this figured out and what to do. Nobody's done any research. And that's what really bothers me. So our parents have to do the research. And now that's getting filtered. You start typing in Google, you're not going to get all the information you need because it's either being um, taken out of the logarithm or it's so far down, you don't have the patience to go through 90,000 different ads on, on autism before you get to the real nitty gritty. Wow, you 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 you're speaking my language so well, Dr. Cardinal. I've spoke said that same exact thing that the the censorship of our type of conversation at this moment is is uh, devastating the common people who want to find the information but don't even realize it's being censored. So all they're seeing is the cookie cutter standard 
info. And we're being we're living in an age of being gaslighted by the fact that autism is normal. I mean, if that doesn't infuriate people to listen and hear that when you especially when you've been around the challenges that come with uh, raising an autistic child, not just for the parents, but for the child itself, even more so. uh, there's there's some agendas going on that just simply doesn't want us to look for the real cause because um, yeah, because of whatever reasons we don't need to go there. But I know that we are blessed to have you in this world and the information you have done, the experiences, the sharing of it, and also the bravery to step out of a box and because you can make plenty of money for the rest of your life and just be the regular pediatrician and see people and retire. But you need you need more than that. You want, I can tell because I know you, you, you have a passion to feed your heart and your soul. And that is what is going to, to be your gift and is your gift for the, all of your rest of your days as mine to help educate with truthfulness and common sense. And so the good thing is, even though Google can censor us, Things like the Holistic Navigator are not censored because we do our own uh, uh, boosting or we do our own uh, ability for people to connect or AdWords. We can get around that censorship, but it takes effort and it takes work to do that. And I will not stop until my last breath to be able to inform people of truthfulness in this area of health because it's going the wrong way, people. It's just going the wrong way and it is going to only get worse probably instead of better. So, Dr. Carsonell, I'm just like... Practically in tears, thank you so, so much for taking your busy time out. And perhaps in another six months to a year, we can do a part two of this and discuss a few more issues. And I would love to have uh, uh, more, uh, maybe some, I'll print out some literature for people. Uh, if you have any articles you'd like to share with me, I would like to post it on, list, on The Holistic Navigator. So greetings to you, your Thanks, family, and, uh, and, and blessings to every, everything you do because uh, you are changing the lives of people. And well, and thank you, everyone who's listening. I want everyone to start joining my health revolution because I, the thing is you have to take control of your health today. And if you don't, you will lose. Thank you, everyone. Look forward to the next podcast on The Holistic Navigator. The information on this podcast and the topics discussed have not been evaluated by the FDA or anyone of the medical profession and is not aimed to replace any advice you may receive from your medical practitioner. The Holistic Navigator assumes no responsibility or liability whatsoever on behalf of any purchaser or listener of these materials. The Holistic Navigator is not a doctor, nor does he claim to be. Please consult your physician before beginning any health regimen.